All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Wrestling Tonight. I am your humble, hardcore host, Mad Dog Butch. And joining me as always, the Ricky Rice to my Derek Dukes, <laughs> none other than Brace Beamer. <laughs> You're a hardcore host this week, eh? Uh, yeah, I'm, the last I'm show feeling you it. No, nah, no, nah, I wasn't feeling it last time. Oh, okay. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> because... That- because WWE just brought back the pseudo version of the hardcore title, the 24-7 title. Oh, really? Yeah, it looks horrible. Are they going to like defend it on the network or whatever? <clears throat> uh, well, I haven't really watched it, but I have seen Mick Foley debuted it. It got booed out of the building. <laughs> um, so basically, he was in the ring with the 24-7 belt and said that the winner was the first guy to come out and grab it. So I believe Bobby Roode came and got it, and then... Our truth later got it from him, I think. I, I don't remember. And then now I think, uh, I think Elias has it. He must have beat him on SmackDown for it or something. <laughs> some some hot so, potato they can pass back and forth. It, it, exactly. Uh, Raw's ratings are in the toilet right now, and they um, deserve to be, as far as I can tell. Wrestling all around um, is kind of in the toilet right now. So I think that that is their way of bringing the hardcore title back in the PG era. <laughs> I mean, let's admit it. That was a fun, that was kind of a fun thing back then. Yeah. Like, a lot, crash, lot of ha ha. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and that's what it was. Yeah. So I think they're just trying to add a little bit more quote excitement <laughs> to, <laughs> to their show. I, but um, really, if they wanted to get ratings, <laughs> they should get a guy like your uh, t-shirt there. That's a quality Mr. Rogers. Well, t-shirt. you haven't been following the product, have you? Because no. they do have, uh, they turned Bray Wyatt into a children's television show host. Really? With puppets. Yeah. Huh. But, I mean, he's a, he's an evil host, but still. Huh. It's the same thing. He's got puppets and whatever. So, I can't it's, say uh, brilliant minds think alike because I don't want any part <laughs> of that one. <laughs> um, I, 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 I can't say I hate it. I haven't seen the whole thing, but what I've seen of it. At first, I was like, what are they doing? And then it's gotten a little bit better. Hmm. I, I mean, it's, I don't know. We'll see where it goes, though. They probably don't even know where it's going to go. No, probably not. I think they're just throwing crap at the wall. Hey, they might right as well. To I mean, see they, what's going to stick. Yeah, they've been kind of doing that for a, a long time, unless you're a main event angle, you know? True. That hmm. is true. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about uh, a couple quick things. Um we need to talk about an upcoming show that's going to be here on the uh, January, what is it, the 8th? June 8th. June 8th. Yeah, January. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> January 8th. That's Elvis's birthday. <laughs> uh, yeah, June 8th, um, the Michigan Wrestling Organization will be back here for another exciting edition of Slamming Saturday Night. And- yeah. Lake Orion, Michigan, uh, for those of you outside the viewing area, and you can follow it online live as well. And I should be there as well with a brand new doghouse segment. I don't know who will be my guest yet, but uh, brand new, like, I believe I will a be new there. format, new no, no, background, no. or no, 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 just a just just it'll be a new episode. That's all. And their quality interview segments, by the way, they're really oh. entertaining. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> I try. And bell time is at 6.05, so if you're in the area or, or you're going to travel to the area, just make sure you get here, you know, a half hour, hour beforehand and uh, uh, yeah. enjoy the show. 
Right. It'll be it'll be good having those guys back in. I missed the uh, last show. Uh, yeah, always uh, entertaining time. Um, and again, if you are going to come to the show, it's very limited seating. So yeah, like Bray said, um, try to get here early. Um, anything else that you want to mention before we, well, you know, we should talk about, I, you probably don't know a whole lot about it, but we should talk about AEW. I don't know anything, it's but I can have an opinion on it. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of like the, the big buzz thing going on right now. Actually got a mention on Monday night raw by Sami Zayn. They're doing a new segment. Uh, it, and mm. from what I understand, it's, it's a shoot segment. It's called the electric chair. Uh, Corey Graves, one of your cousins, yeah, uh, has an electric chair in the ring. What they do is he has a wrestler in there and takes legitimate questions from the the crowd. A- at least this first segment. They might change it next week, hmm. but so so far the very first segment. And he actually mentioned AEW. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I like that already. <laughs> you know. But they did cut that out in the replay, in the YouTube replay, because oh. I looked it up and I was like, "What did they talk about?" I don't see it. But then, uh, but then I I found the original uncut version, um, <laughs> and supposedly he was fed that line, really, from somebody in the back. Mm. Yeah, because people were thinking he was going to get some heat. Uh, I think they probably did that just to make it look more, uh, more shoot style. Yeah. Which, but but apparently it is legitimate. They don't know what the crowd's going to ask. <laughs> Although he didn't really answer any questions, he just healed everybody. Um, I mean, that part of it's cool, but why they would mention competition? I don't think they're really much competition right now. And the other way around, um, you know, you sent me a clip of Cody Rhodes <laughs> making this long, stupid, slow walk to grab a sledgehammer and well, that was bash his... a chair that was supposed to be like Triple H's throne. <laughs> right. The... Gosh. That was his entrance to the ring. I also sent you the match between him and Dustin. I don't know if you watched that. No, I, I did not. Okay. It was it was a decent match. Um, considering Dustin, well, I should say, especially considering Dustin just came off a double knee surgery not hmm. too long ago, he looked the same as he always does to me. Um, there was blood. I thought it was all right. Dustin Rhodes? Rumbles? Yeah. yeah. So they put the brothers in the ring right away. They did because because huh. now they're going to be a tag team hmm. because they set it up at the end that uh, that they are going to challenge the young bucks at the next show I think or something like that. But anyway, who's they, booking that? They are you going know? to. Um, I am not sure, hmm. but they are going to be on the TNT network eventually. Um, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I do know that they are going to beyond there well good good for them i hope it works out and i i hope they just do something different than everybody else has been doing the last 20 years yeah uh i'm checking the uh the feed here and rick allen uh says it would be better if the belt wasn't so ugly i'm not sure i i think he's talking about the 24 7 belt he might be talking about the aew belt i don't know because they actually had Bret Hart debut the AEW belt on on the pay-per-view on Saturday. Really? Yeah. It looked okay. Hmm. I mean, nothing special. It was it was fine for what it is. It seemed like they were trying to make it kind of look like the IW, I, uh, 
IWGP belt. Oh, okay. Sort of. That's that's kind of my thought. Huh. Um, well, maybe you can clarify that in a little comment gimmick down here. By all means, if anybody out happens to be listening out there and you want to ask a question or give a thought, opinion, uh, log into the uh, chat for the show while you're watching it live and fire away. All right. Uh, any, anything else before we get to our topic? No, let's hit it, man. Let's shoot. <laughs> All right. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking about wrestling shoots. Um, you know, and, and when I started compiling my list, I, I'm surprised that there is not more. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I know that there's been, there, obviously, there's little things that happen in the ring. Um, those might be more considered like receipts, but a, but a full on like, battle when you're talking you know. shoot what what are we talking about just to clarify it for you know the, uh, the verbiage for people who might not know yeah when the match turns real yeah. <laughs> more real uh yeah, obviously there are well now it's in vogue to have work shoots but back in the day it wasn't but there was also matches that were set up to be shoots but we're going to kind of focus on matches that were supposed to be regular pro wrestling matches that devolved into a real fight, even though, you know, even though, even if it was just something that lasted for a few seconds. Yeah. Okay. Or, or you know, I mean, some longer, but, uh, but that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, hold on. One. Okay. Well, the, uh, just making sure that there yeah, the the, the deal with 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 the the pro wrestling shoot fights is like a, a lot of them that you go out there and you see like on YouTube or you know whatever platform you like to watch your videos, it, it, you'll see and it looks like a regular wrestling match, and then all of a sudden it doesn't look like a normal wrestling match. You know, it's a, it's almost a giveaway. It's it's not necessarily that they screwed up or you know botched a spot or botched a, a move. You know, the, the work just looks a little more stiff, and generally it consists of two people like, you know, the, the, the opponents sitting there looking at each other like, what the hell are you doing? And then they start going at it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's start off with, <laughs> be, because the, uh, the show that's hot right now is The Dark Side of the Ring, uh, they aired their last episode, and that it was the Fabulous Moolah episode, um, at least for the first season. It's the last episode. Um, yeah, that's a travesty. Now, now, there's some debate on whether this was – how much of a shoot this match actually was. And it was Wendy Richter versus Fabulous Moolah. Apparently, Wendy Richter, quote, got too big for her britches, thought she was more important than she was. She claims that she just wanted the same money as Hulk Hogan. <laughs> no, <laughs> not 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 necessarily Hulk, but but she she thought that the the, the women were not getting paid a, as much as they should have. Uh, I I don't well I can't even say that she thought that she was not getting paid as much as she should have. Yeah, and you know she's probably got somewhat of a legitimate point. Um. You know, she was just not not as big of a part, but a big part of the rock and wrestling boom. I mean, the rock and wrestling connection 
uh, the the 80s boom of WWF, no doubt about it. Yeah, but there again, it's it's not that different from anybody else in the wrestling business where, you know, she was kind of a a newcomer to the WWF and the, the whole national scene at the time. So, you know, I mean, I could, I could, I could understand if she didn't get a bigger payoff for like a match, but overall in general, she didn't really bide her time there and, you know, get the, have, have enough time to get the whole machine behind her to, to really start to see the fruits of her labor. You know, it was, it was kind of short, you know, almost like a shooting star. Yeah, but is that because of what they had to do and what we're going to talk about? Uh, I mean, if she would have stayed around longer, I mean, she was part of the cartoon. She was in the Goonies videos. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she was synonymous with Cyndi Lauper at the time. Um, Yeah, but you could say she just happened to be in that spot, too. I mean, it could have been Sherry Martell there with Cyndi Lauper. It could have been a lot of other people. Yeah, you're, you're probably right, but... But because it was her, right. she felt like she deserved the money or, or more money. So because of that, and, and like I said, there's different versions of the story. Um, but this was not necessarily a shoot, more of a more of a screw job, another screw job uh, before <laughs> the heart, obviously before the heart and, and Shawn Michaels screw job. But uh, <laughs> She claims that she was supposed to wrestle the Spider Lady, who was uh, a wrestler that was that wore a mask and was covered from head to toe. Uh, kind of resembled obvi- the Spider Man gimmick that Brad Armstrong did a few years <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, not exactly, but <laughs> but uh, I mean, anybody that was paying attention could have could have tell you know could have told that that was not the normal spider lady as soon as she got in the ring. Um, Just the way she moved, the way that she was built. Um, But I will say this. At the end of the match, um, Wendy Richter did have her shoulder up when the referee counted to three, and she looked legitimately upset that she lost. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, the other version of the story is that she went to the arena thinking she was going to take on the spider lady, sees Mula walking around, and Mula, I guess, hadn't been around for a little while, and at least not wrestled for a while, and um, sees her in the in the gimmick, the Spider Lady gimmick, and kind of figures out what's up and just goes along with it. Yeah. Um, which, which do you believe? <laughs> I, I believe that she, obviously she knew it was fabulous, Mula. I mean, we're watching it at home. Anybody with, you know, Anybody with a brain and was a wrestling fan knew that was Moolah. So, and, right. and she's told the story three different ways. You know, I've heard her on a, on a shoot interview tell it one way, and then, you know, now she's telling it a completely different way. Okay. <laughs> she knew it was Moolah. She knew that she was going to lose the title. So, it, you know, anything after that, especially the, the show that they did on – uh, dark side of the ring that they did on fabulous Mula. I feel bad for Mula because they drug her through the mud. Wendy Richter was on there, you know, acting like she didn't had no idea it was 
fabulous moolah in, in the ring, you know? It's like, man, what a lie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... So, so I, it wasn't really, like you said, it wasn't a shoot, and she knew she was getting pinned. Yeah. You know, she probably right. put her shoulder up yeah. to try and save face, and that was going to be the finish anyway, so... Right, yeah. I mean, that, exactly. you know, I'd bet, I'd bet a paycheck on that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, I... I I mean, did they talk about after she lost? Did I mean she was done after that? As far as I know, I, yeah. I don't remember seeing her much after that. Um, so I wonder if she knew that that was it, or if she was just upset that they got the title off of her. Yeah, I don't, I like, don't know if she right. knew it was it or not, but I mean, <laughs> with the way things were going, it was kind of obvious. You know, she worked independence and worked down in Puerto Rico, and I think she had matches in Japan and whatnot. So. Anything you hear from her now is sour grapes, just like that uh, dark side of the ring tale about about Mula. Most of that was a was a lie, and it was obvious. <laughs> All right, I don't want to spend too much time on that. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's really and it wasn't about even as much shoot. as we could talk about it. Well, right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't. But um, <clears throat> now, the reason that that I thought about doing this was because there just happened to be a couple incidents on the on the independent scene couple weeks ago and one of them was uh, a, a wrestler that was in wcw way back in the 90s uh he wrestled under a mask as agent steel and he wrestled under a mask as zan panzer and he also wrestled as himself around that era um and it is gene anderson's son brad anderson and he was in a match with a guy named Jacob Ryan, and it was in the RWA. I can't remember what that stands for. Um, Revolution Wrestling Authority. Okay. And apparently, I, and I don't know, did you watch the pre-match interview? No. Okay, I, I didn't send you that part, and I should have. But um, the kid's in the ring. Brad Anderson gets in the ring, cuts a promo on the kid, talking about how the kid – had wrestled his son on a previous show and broke his wrist. And so basically he said, I don't know, he was talking about respect and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then he goes after the guy. They go out of the ring. It's kind of hard to see. It looks like he kind of puts a choke on him. And then that's it. Takes <laughs> off. Now, your opinion is that this was a work. Yeah. I, it, and it was a, it was a pretty good work. Um, <laughs> the, uh, what was a, Jacob Ryan could have like screwed a couple things up, but the whole deal was they were supposed to have a rematch after that, you know, at, a, at another, on another card. Okay. So <laughs> did they No, or have they, or I don't know if they did or not, you know? Okay. I mean, it was just kind of, I, I didn't follow up on it that much, but I, I, I looked at some you know, a couple like Facebook pages and pretty much they came out and said, yeah, it was a work. Oh, and okay. just looking at it, I didn't think it was a work. I mean, if, if somebody's going to shoot on someone, they're not going to hit them with the indie forearms, you know, with the wrist to the back of the you know, shoulder uh, I, blades. Well, I mean, you mentioned that to me, but I don't know if, if, if you, <laughs> if you're so used to doing that move, you might, you might do it at this point. Yeah. I don't know. But. And it, none of it just, none of it looked real to me. It just looked like um, like they were trying to make it look like a work, like a old school wrestling almost. 
Yeah, I I don't know. It it uh it seems like that they could have done a better job at, at making it look I I don't know. It's uh I mean like I said, we mentioned the worked shoots and uh, you know, I've seen some of those. This one looked to me a little bit more legit because the worked shoots that I've seen before have gone a lot longer. And, you know, they still do wrestling stuff in it. I mean, and I'm not talking about the forum. I mean, they still do, like, wrestling yeah. stuff in it. So if if this was a work shoot, I think they actually did a pretty good job at it. That's where, that's where I'm leaning, because really a shoot would be short, be like a regular fight. Right. You know? You know so, so, so if it is, kudos to them yeah. for thinking of that. Because and it may have just turned out that way, you yeah. know, on accident. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um yeah, so I haven't really followed up on it. I didn't check up to see if, like, Brad Anderson, because there was, like, a lot of heat on Brad Anderson in the beginning. It was funny uh, listening to the crowd react to that, too. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> it uh, was. It kind of reminded me of uh, when El Madrill almost died. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> the Texas, the world-class crowd. When uh, Brian and Diaz gave him the Oriental tool, yeah. thumb, thumb to the neck thing. Um, <clears throat> so... Anyway, yeah, I would I would put that in a in a not shoot category. Uh, okay, I mean that that's where I fall on that one. Um. <laughs> okay, uh, I I just want to mention this too. Um, I, I, it's really it's not a work shoot. That, I mean, this was like legitimate, but uh, it, it was again back when WWE was getting beat by WCW and they were just throwing whatever they could at the wall. They came up with the brawl for all. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I I know a lot of people were really into this and, and I, you know, I thought it was interesting to watch. Sure. Unfortunately it resulted in a lot of injuries. Yeah. Um, and, and, and basically it was, you got so many points for, for taking somebody down, you know, like a tackle, and then and then you'd box on top of it, right? Yeah, I mean, then, it was really anything but, um, you know, like elbows and elbows and, knees. and knees and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So this this was set up to kind of give Doctor Death Steve Williams, who was kind of freshly in there, uh, a huge push. Everybody kind of kind of thought that he would be a lock to win this because he had a reputation for being a, a, a real tough guy. You know, cause I, I heard it wasn't set up for that, but once they got it going, it was like, yeah, he's going to steamroll everybody, you know, okay. and then go and fight stone cold or whatever plans right. they had for him, you know, yeah. down the line. Yeah. But unfortunately, Bart Gunn, who, well, unfortunately for Dr. Death and Dr. Death fans, Bart Gunn knocked Dr. Death out, and when he got knocked out, he tore his, uh, I don't know, something in his leg anyway. Yeah, and I think then, he tore then, the hamstring before okay. before he got knocked out. That oh, was, okay. Yeah, that was the deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, so then that was pretty much the end of Dr. Death's WWE run. He he ends up showing back up in WCW a little bit later. But, Dr. Death, uh, former uh NCAA wrestling champion played football Oklahoma University go yeah. Sooners well yeah I mean no doubt yeah. about it the guy the guy was a tough guy yeah and, and and I mean any of those guys that were in there I would say were legitimately tough just to even even sign up for that because yeah. it was a voluntary thing um 
apparently you could just sign up for it and and i think you got a bonus uh yeah. for doing it yeah um it, you know it was a cool thing but there's a reason that they have not done it again uh it just resulted in too many injuries um so bart gunn kind of comes out of nowhere and i i think he he was a boxer previously he had he had some boxing experience and some mma training Okay, so yeah, like very little. All right, so he ends up winning the whole thing. So as a reward, they put him up against Butterbean <laughs> at the next WrestleMania, and he gets knocked out in what, like a minute? Yeah, I mean <laughs> that was so that was dumb of him. Basically, putting an end to Bart's, Bart Gunn's WWE career as well. Yeah, he did go on to Japan after that and have a pretty decent career. Well, then they team him up with. Bob Holly as the new Midnight Express before WrestleMania, or was that after? When Cornette managed them, do you remember? Because oh. I know they teamed up, but I can't, I can't put the time frame in there. I want to say that was before Brawl for All. Oh, I think it was after Brawl for All, but be- before the WrestleMania match. I was wondering if the no, 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 Midnights no, no. were before or after the WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm pretty sure the Midnights were before no, no, it was before Brawl for All. Oh, okay, okay. I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah. I'd have to check, but I can't. Yeah. I can't put the time frame in there. But yeah, I, but I know those two teamed up, and I just thought, well, yeah, that's kind of. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, that the that the fake Midnight Express was was before <laughs> that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, because because they used that to, you know, for him to go go take on Butterbean. Yeah, that. I, I think at that point they wanted everybody to forget about that. Yeah, and that Butterbean <laughs> knockout was, I mean, he, it was brutal. It was. I mean, you knew he had no chance. <laughs> no chance at all, but man. But just the sound of it, I just remember the sound of it. It sounded like it echoed through that whole arena, yeah. the, the punch. Weren't we watching but, that at Buffalo Wild Wings? I, I might have been at your house. Huh. It seems like we were watching it at your house. Huh. And, uh, had a bunch of people there. and <laughs> Yeah. That, yeah, that was uh, brutal. But, so but yeah, that I just wanted to mention that um, those, like I said, there was a lot of fans of that. But that, that might have been the only really legit shoot from start to finish that that we can see. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, anything we're going to talk about or anything you can find online. Yeah, you're probably right. That, <clears throat> the real only legitimate shoot, you know. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, well, this is not online yet but we will hopefully get it online sometime. Uh, another one that was a full shoot from beginning to end, possibly the greatest shoot fight of all time. <laughs> and uh, I, I have to pat myself on the back for partially booking this. Uh, and I'll pat you I too, think but you, I don't have go-go gadget arms. I think, I think <laughs> you might have had something to do with it. Um, Frank Williams Jr. Prozac 316 had something to do with it, and um, any any fans of our old show, The Jobber Hour, um, 20 years ago, <laughs> uh, witnessed the greatest shoot fight of all time in history, but especially in Lake Orion history and on TV history, and that is none other than one of our previous guests here on Wrestling Tonight, Rock Action, going up against his former protege. Yeah. None other than Q-Ball. Fantastic. And, and it was live on ON TV. 
kind of, you know, it on was. TV is kind of carrying on the uh, the fighting arts tradition. They had the shoot fight. Exactly. Now we have uh, wrestling in the studios here. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you and I uh, were the commentators for it, and uh, Frank Williams Jr. was the referee for it, and um, Rock Action ended up getting the victory. Uh, it went about what. 15 minutes or so, something yeah. like that. Yeah, probably 11. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh, packed studio at the time. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, like I said, hopefully we can get that, we can get it up online sometime. Or, yeah, that'd, uh, that'd, be fun to, that'd be fun to see again. I just want to see the look on Rock Action's face, like watching it again. <laughs> uh, I, I got to say that that was probably the pinnacle of our show, the Jabber Hour. <laughs> Um, I remember, uh, well, I mean, I think we mentioned this before that, uh, once, once, as soon as the show would start, we would just get bombarded with calls. I mean, the, it, it was just call after call after call. And I remember as soon as we announced that we were going to the shoot fight, we already had like the audience oh, in, yeah. in the studio, the phone did not ring at all yeah. until that match was done. I didn't, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, as soon as it was done, <laughs> boom, awesome. the, 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 the phone started ringing off the hook again. <laughs> and I always wonder, like, how many people actually witnessed it live? You know, I mean, just from that show, like, the feedback, I just get recognized out of, you know, out and about in the community and, <laughs> you know, family members that live in Lake Orion that I wouldn't ever think watched they watched, <laughs> yeah. so it had to be a pretty decent, pretty decent audience, you know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there was a formula that I used to know where you could kind of figure out how many people were watching. One hundred for every one call, like, or one thousand for every call. You know, it depends. Uh, yeah, on the size of maybe like a hundred. Yeah, for us, but uh, but either way, um, that that was a uh, defining moment of our show, and uh, like I said, hopefully we will be able to get that up sometime and uh get it out there on on youtube so yeah and it was great and i had weeks and revisit. weeks worth of build-up too you know it did it yeah. even had it, it even had more than that because because <laughs> yeah. there was supposed to be because leading up to it there was supposed to be a pose down that uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that i think they both no showed <laughs> <laughs> well really that was a couple year build-up that story was like one of those like long arcing ones yeah, definitely. You know, it was kind of one angle was shot when John brought him on to the radio show we used to do, WPON 1460, and this was the result of that. And that was that had to be a year and a half, two years earlier. Yeah, at least. Um, <laughs> yeah, though the, I mean they they like I said he brought him on as his protege, um, but then. Um, but then they kind of turned on each other. I, I think that that had something to do with the sale because Rock Action kind of let Huval take over the radio show. But then there was still like some animosity there. I think that's kind of what what built it up and and led uh. to to that 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 final confrontation. And uh, you know, over the years, there's been talk and talk and talk of a rematch. But at this point. <laughs> It's pretty much a moot point. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah, um, Q-Ball now resides in Florida, so maybe we'd have to have it like in Memphis, like a halfway point or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, 
Anything else about that match before we move on? Uh, no, I think we covered it well. It was, it was great. Quality entertainment. And, I, you know, I appreciate those two guys for, uh, you know, having the guts to do that. That oh, took stones. I do, too. I do yeah. too. Yeah. And, and I know that there was a little trepidation on both of their parts. Yeah. Uh, Rock Action, I'll have you believe otherwise, but I know for a fact that there was because I remember that era. You know, I had to convince him to show up. Um, I, I, I think Frank Williams Jr. was doing the same thing to cue ball on yeah. the other end. So, um, so yeah, I, I give those guys huge props for even doing that. Oh, one other thing on that. Uh, th- that was the first uh, studio belt that we had was it was when it wasn't Comcast, it was TCI at the time. And uh, Rock Action was, no, it was AT&T. AT&T <laughs> Television Champion Rock Action was awarded the title. Oh, that's right. And, and I think you told me that he said that was one of the greatest moments of his life. <laughs> yeah. Well, didn't he say that when we had him on here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a month or so ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> and he had the belt. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good stuff. Uh, is, is there anyone that you'd like to talk about next specifically? Well, you know what? Since we brought up um, Dr. Death Steve Williams, let's go to that one. It was Dr. Death Steve Williams against, I can't find that. Oh, against the Wild Things Stevie Ray. And this was from the UWF. Yeah, not, not the not Watts' UWF. Right. Herb Abrams' UWF. Yeah, and this was, what was that, uh, early 90s maybe? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, I would, yeah, early 90s. Yeah, so this was a tournament match for the UWF title. You know, it was a new company, and they were getting ready to go into a pay-per-view a week or two later for the championship match. Steve Dr. Death Williams against uh, Stevie Ray. And they had a match, and if you look online, everybody thinks that it was a shoot, but it was just very snug. That's what I was going to say. And they, you know, some people call it stiff, snug, but... Dr. Death style, he came from, you know, he worked a lot in Japan, and plus he's a tough guy anyway. Yeah. And even in the UWF from Bill Watts, you know, the Mid-South Territory, he worked pretty snug. Rough, yeah. tough guy. Yeah. And it was just a tough match, and for whatever reason, everybody thought that it was a legitimate, you know, shoot fight. You know, like they were throwing the, <clears throat> the code of wrestling to the wind. Right. And it really wasn't even all that good of a match because it was that way, I think. But UWF, Herb Abrams, UWF, you'd be hard-pressed to find any good matches. Yeah. Believe me. Yeah, it was surprising. That's probably one of the best matches on yeah. the card. Yeah. You know, really. he paid the money to get the good wrestlers, but I they must have just been able to go in there and do whatever they wanted. Yeah, they looked at him like a money no, mark, too, you know. Yeah. And he is, was back blowing rails and well, partying and everything. Well, the story is that he that he's the one that paid Dr. Death to rough him up. <laughs> Because because he because of something it was like he thought he thought he was dating his girlfriend uh, huh. behind his back or something like that. Well, Stevie Ray wasn't taking any of that, you know. That's for dang sure. No, because it looked like no. he threw the first shot, the first stiff shot at at Doctor Death. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been a while since I've seen it. I forgot to look this one up, but but yeah, um, I remember seeing it. I've I've probably watched it a couple times. And, yeah, I and just I watched wondered, all these. Okay, yeah, <laughs> and I was wondering the same thing. I was like. I was like, really? Uh, people think this is a shoot. It didn't look, yeah. look like it to me. It just looked like, it just looked like, like a bad like you stiff said, match. Like it was a little bit snug. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And that was it. Um, and I'm sure it's not the only UWF match that looks like that. But I can't bear to watch that crap. And you know what though? <laughs> <laughs> as I was as I was going through these, um, 
and it, I read I read a lot of the comments underneath too. Yeah. Just to get everybody's opinion on it. And I would say that that most of the people now would look at a match like that and think that it's a shoot. Because how many people get in a fight anymore? How many right. people see, you know, like legit wrestling matches or even, you know, like shoot wrestling matches? Right. It's just completely different what you're exposed to now. So, you know, when I go through, when I was going through these and I see the comments, I'm like, how can you think that that was real? <laughs> right. So it was just odd. Um, yeah, that one does not fall into the shoot category. <laughs> uh, okay, but uh, one of them that definitely does is, and this is probably my favorite one to watch. And for some reason, it kind of seems like the shoots happen more so in Japan than they did here. Um, <laughs> and I don't know why I like this one so much, but it is Antonio Noki against the great Antonio. Oh, there's a lot of meat on that bone, huh? <laughs> so this great Antonio, apparently, I mean, I guess he did have somewhat of a wrestling career, but he was also like a, a comedian or something. Well, he had, he did a lot of different, he's, yeah, he was kind of a jack of all trades, yeah. master of none type. Well, type he had guy. been in Japan before, fought Ricky Dozan in, yes. in the sixties, you know, yeah. and had a nice feud with him there. Right. Um, those days were long gone. I'm sure by the time this match happened, yeah, because he was like way overweight, couldn't couldn't really move. Fifty two years old, yeah, couldn't really move a whole lot. Um, so it, I, I mean, basically, it looked like they they were he just didn't want to go along with what Anoki wanted to do. He was kind of goofing around, kind of kind of being a clown. Yeah, he wouldn't um, sell any of Anoki's uh, that, strikes. Right. You know. Uh and then did and then he hit Anoki with a couple of good shots, right? Didn't he elbow him in the back of the head a couple of times? That I something? think that was after. Was it after? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, finally Anoki had enough of it and just like unloaded on him. <laughs> 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 with a bunch of strikes and kicks and uh busted his face open. Yeah. And uh left him laying on the mat. And then, you know, pretty much just leaves the ring real quickly. But uh, but if anybody has not seen this match, uh, check it out. Yeah. Uh, the big thing nowadays is not not that in, not the great Antonio is being a bully or anything, but the big thing nowadays is, you know, whether whether it's legit or not, they'll put out a video that starts, you know, a, a, let's say a fight on the playground. They'll say, oh, bully finally gets his come up and you know yeah. <laughs> that's that's what it kind of reminded me of <laughs> you know a couple things on that on that match though at the end basically what happens is Anoki winds up kicking the great Antonio in the face breaks his nose kind of busted his nose and he's bleeding all over the place and then you know the the story is and you can watch it on YouTube Antonio Noki versus the great Antonio and it looks like he's stomping him in back of the head while Anoki is prone with his face down mm -hmm. on the mat. Now, the stomps were worked. Yes. He kicked him twice in the face, and then that was kind of it. Yeah. But, you know, my first thought was, well, that's a pretty good work, you know, it, because Antonio Anoki would bring in all of these different types of people and have matches with them to make himself look legit. Right. Because in Japan, it's a little different than it is here as far as, 
you know, wanting to make sure that you look like you're tough and legit and real, kind of how it used to be. Here. Right. But they're just a little more crazy about it. Yeah. So, you know, so I, I started looking into the great Antonio and apparently he had, you know, he was a little off his rocker anyway, had some yeah. mental issues and whatnot. Right. And so I thought, okay, they brought the guy in to take a dive to do get a payday, yeah. you know? So I, did you notice in that match, did you watch the, any of the clips with him and Ricky Dozen? I did not. No. It looked eerily similar really? <laughs> to what happened here, except the, it was a, clip and some of it was cut uh the only reason that i i i'm going to disagree with you is because of enoki's reaction yeah because you never see you would you would have never seen enoki act the way that he acted um you know and there was no reason for him to to do that in this match i mean unless unless it was legitimately upset and left the ring like immediately yeah um so i mean i i don't believe that it was a hundred I'm still undecided on it okay. because it it's not above those guys to bring somebody in to take a butt kicking. Well, I, I agree. I just, the way the match went, you could tell that Anoki was getting frustrated. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I think he just finally haven't had enough. Yeah. But, uh, what, yeah. I would fall that way. <laughs> I would, I would lean towards, you know, that being, that being legit. Yeah. All right. What, uh, what do you got next? How about, um, well, let's stay in Japan and let's go to the uh, great Sasaki versus Dirt Bike Kid. Did I get that last name right? Uh, sure. It's uh, <laughs> I, I mean I've heard it pronounced Sasuke. Well, you know you said Sasuke, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you got it right. Okay, because I've heard Sasuke, you know, and a couple different. <laughs> All right, this yeah. Was, either way, this was a match, and it it, it was in a tournament. Um, the tournament it was an odd it was an oddball tournament. They do a lot of different tournaments in Japan for different things, and the idea behind this tournament was every wrestler in it uh, wore a mask. Probably close to your heart, Mad Dog wasn't in it at the time, but <laughs> so, no, no, no. <laughs> the great Sasaki was a well-known, kind of a tough guy, uh, a well-respected wrestler. Yeah, and this dirt bike kid was in the United States. He wasn't a Japanese guy. Um, Sabu got him the gig over there, from what I understand. And his gimmick was he looked like one of those motocross racers on right. the on the dirt bikes. He had, you know, he had a he had a mask over his mouth and you know the, you know the fox racing gear right. or whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they go into the ring. And it looks like a regular match. Yes. Uh, Sasaki is selling for, you know, registering all the dirt bike kids moves. Yeah. And the match was supposed to be a short five minute match. Okay. And the finish was supposed to come when Sasaki uh, gave dirt bike kid like a kick on the right side, a kick on the left side. And then what do they call it? Like a roundhouse kick? Uh, Jumping like spin kick. Yeah. Like the back kick. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the back kick. Yeah. Spinning back kick. Because that was kind of his, his. Yeah. Move. Yeah. And then that was supposed to be that. That was supposed to be it. Okay. But then the dirt bike kid decided, well, he didn't want the finish to be that way because it made make him look weak. <laughs> okay. I, I've i seen the match, but I never I never okay. read into it. So and, I, and I, I, didn't know, of, I didn't know this. Yeah. I missed part of the. I missed part telling part of the story. So before okay. we go in, in too far into the match, let me back up. And I mentioned the tournament was supposed to be everybody wearing a mask. Well, yeah. before the match started, the dirt bike kid took his mask off. 
basically the company, oh, the right, office right. in Japan gave him a mask to wear to say, hey, you know, do this. This is what we're doing. Okay. So he takes the mask off because he didn't want to wear it. Okay. <laughs> so then the match starts, and Sasaki is still selling for Dirt Bike Kid. Sasaki makes a little comeback. It was the first round of the tournament, so you want to keep him short, right? Yeah. Because he's going to go fight for a half hour later <laughs> on. Yeah. Dirt Bike Kid didn't want to do that, you know, so Sasaki gives him the, the spinning kick, mm-hmm. and Dirt Bike Kid doesn't really sell it. I mean, he sells it, he goes down, and then Sasaki is thinking, okay, maybe he just didn't get it, and he does the whole sequence again. Mm-hmm. And Dirt Bike Kid still didn't go down for the finish. So okay. Sasaki starts kicking him, basically just like a no. You'll, you'll see that with a lot of Japanese, you know. <laughs> they wind up throwing kicks. They get, right. The guy was down, so he starts stomping him, kicking him, and then uh, kicked him right in the gut. Mm-hmm. You know, Dirt Bike Kid says, I, I had red cartilage injuries so that's why that hurt kicks him right in the gut doubles him over puts him in a, a, a front, front face chancery lock. front yeah. face lock boom taps, taps him out on. right <laughs> and then that was it yeah so yeah he did he legitimately went to went to work on the dirt bike kid for being a douchebag okay yeah i read the interview with dirt bike kid and oh, okay. did a little research on what a douchebag <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean he he's a guy that uh that that is probably his claim to fame yeah Actually, he didn't have a match after never that either. Anything. He never had one nope. after that. That was it. He said he got injured, but really nobody booked him. He was humiliated. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I never looked in the background of it. I saw yeah. the match. I just thought, you know, I just thought that Sasuke got upset with something during the match and just decided to, to, yeah, he to, wasn't fin- fu- to finish it. Wasn't going with the program. So, okay. yeah. And that was Sasaki's. Uh, he was one of the, he might have been the booker for that place, you know? Yeah. What an idiot. He lost a ton of money, too, because had he... And it was just your normal, you know, 1990 to present day, like, spot fest. A guy just basically going over and executing a bunch of moves. Yeah. But when it was his turn to do the selling, he didn't do it. Right. You know? Okay. <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, this is another one. If uh, If you haven't seen it, check it out. Because, I mean, it's actually a pretty decent match up until then. Yeah, he was just I mean, going nothing, through moves, it's you know. spectacular, yeah. but, you know, it's, it was probably just set up to, for Sasuke to get all his shit in and, and, and win the match and go on to the next round. Yeah, well, really, but, I mean, it was the opposite. Him, it was Dirt Bike getting all of his stuff in. Yeah, you're and right. Then, yeah, you're right. And then Sasuke, and then Sasuke just kind just, of, like, sliding out, you know. To, right. The guy's losing, so you give him 80% of the match. Yeah bring him over again and you know right. then yeah. people know who he is yeah but he wrecked it <laughs> <laughs> idiot uh let's stay in japan and <laughs> talk about this guy who actually had another one and i forgot to write it down uh did, did you get the other well we're going to talk about akira miata versus andre the giant oh yeah but there was also another one uh, that he had before that, and I, I don't know why I didn't write it down, but it was like a tag team match, and he shot on some young kid for some reason, and busted him open, and then left that promotion. And then no, I did. I didn't to, get that one. Yeah, I wish I would have wrote that down. But and anyway, I don't know if video exists of that one, but uh, people were talking about that. But uh, the word is on this one that Andre was drunk <laughs> in in the ring. Um, 
he kind of looks like maybe. Um, but, you know, he would have had to drink a ton, if you believe all those stories, to be able to be that intoxicated. I don't think he was drunk. It, he just, that's how he could, he, it was 19 and 86, late 86, you know? Okay. So he just couldn't, he just couldn't move. Hell, he was, he was putting himself in holds from, for the, from the other guy. Yeah, that's true. You know, so I don't, and Andre could wrestle, you know, that's kind of like we said so on the last was, show. Oh, so, I mean, again, I've seen this match, but I never really, I, I probably have read it in the past. Uh, it seemed to me like Miata just got frustrated with whatever. Like he didn't, what was it? He I didn't, I didn't he, read anything. I just watched the match. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just kind of, it was kind of odd. Like what was it? Cause he didn't think Andre was selling enough for him or, or what? And he did, I will tell you this, he did get a couple good kicks in Andre's leg to actually take him down <laughs> at one point. <laughs> See, I mean, thought <laughs> those were did a whole lot to him. No, I don't think so. Not you, the way they sounded. And, and well, I, no, I mean, no, Andre, not the kicks, but the takedowns. Um, no, I, I'm saying, you know, he kept kicking him in the leg. Yeah. And then finally, Andre, Andre's leg kind of gave out on him. I thought that the whole, the whole thing to me looked like it was supposed to be a, a, like, look like a work. It didn't even look like it was supposed to be a match from the start. Like a, a, a legit, you know, like a normal pro wrestling match. But again, what would be the point, though? Well, I, because it's different over there in Japan. Like that guy, he supposedly had a background, too, you know? And they had, at the same time, they had the um, another UWF over there that was supposedly shoot fights, you know, real shoot wrestling. So that was 84, 86, and then they came back 88 to 90. So it was in the culture of wrestling over there, these, you know, shoots. Okay. And that's, and that's kind of how they're brought up through the dojos anyway. Right. You know, going back through the gotcha era. I don't know if it's the same now, but. You know, before, even here in the States, Canada, wherever, you had to learn to shoot to protect yourself to be able to hurt somebody. Well, true. But, um, I I mean, it it, it seemed like, again, it seemed like Miata was getting frustrated or or something. Hmm. Um, You know, it it just, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, the story that I heard or that I've read, is that he was he was upset because Andre was drunk? Yeah. Well, keep, Miata also formed that UWF, that shoot fight wrestling league. After this, though, it, this was during it. This was '86. That UWF okay. Miata um, started that in '84. Okay. So this was at the end of it. He was trying to get his way back in the New Japan. Oh, okay. So he had done some stuff in New Japan that they didn't like, and he was ousted or left. Yeah. And started the UWF, which was a, a shoot fight league. Okay. Shoot, shoot wrestling. All right. So this is all during that time. So that's why I'm, like, to me, it just, it looked like it was meant to be that way. Okay. I, I mean, it's possible because Anoki did come out at the end. That, that was, like, the only question that I had. Because Anoki did come out at the end and stop it and get, uh, what did he get? Did he get me out out of the ring or... Well, really, yeah, everybody Andre came the into ring. the ring, and okay. it just kind of kind of stopped. Because Anoki came out and then left and then came back. Oh, okay. You know, and if Anoki was going to come out, and he came out in his gear, you know, he had his towel on and everything. Because if they wanted it to stop, they would have stopped it. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah, that was, that was the only question that I had about <laughs> it. Um, so, I, I mean, 
yeah, it's been a little while since I watched this one also. But, yeah, because uh, even you know the Miata was trying to put the, you know, like the reclining armbar on Andre the Giant, and you know was just being lazy with it. And Andre had to <laughs> put the guy's leg in the right position. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, and even from the beginning when they were you know trying to lock up, and Miata was trying to shoot down on Andre for a single leg, double leg to get him off his feet. It, mm-hmm. it it just looked like they were trying to make it look legit because, you know, Andre would, and Andre was still pretty quick, which, and it surprised me, like, how quick he was when that guy was trying to shoot on him, how quick he could go down yeah. and grab him. Yeah. You know, and the crowd, like, you know, Andre would just land on him and the crowd would go, oh. Right. You know? Yeah. It yeah. it looked like it was a worked shoot okay. from. I have to revisit this one myself. Yeah. And, uh, and, and check it out. Yeah, because I, I I think you'll I, I think you'll see it different if 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 you do okay watch that yeah. all right all right all right uh, what do you what do you want to talk about next How about well I want to do this this one I, I brought it up to you before the show um, th- this one is is special in the annals of MMA shoot fighting and wrestling this was the it's it's said to be the first official MMA match in North America. And that was December 2nd, 1963 in Salt Lake City, Utah, the Fairgrounds Coliseum. Judo Jean LaBelle, who was a judo player and a pro wrestler, took on a guy by the name of Milo Savage, who was a boxer. He was maybe at the end of his career. He was uh, ranked fifth in the world in the uh, middleweight class at the time. And you can go look like, you know, Sure Dog covers this. One. A lot of people in the MMA circles cover this one. Because mm-hmm. I had seen this years ago. Okay. And <laughs> basically it was, it was just a judo guy and a wrestler against a boxer, and the bell kind of took it to him. They, okay. had, they had promos before, and the boxer saying there's no way a judo or a karate guy can beat a boxer. Right. He'd knock them all out. Okay. And the thing at the time is karate what really wasn't taken that seriously here mm-hmm. as it was overseas. Because even when we were kids, you know, you had like the Bruce Lee stuff and the Chuck Norris, but and you started to hear the competitions and the movies. But for the fighting arts, karate was just kind of, meh. Yeah. You know. Right. And, and I agreed with that because I had run-ins with people who knew karate before, and it was just like, you know, you get them right. down and they're done. Exactly. <laughs> right well i mean well i mean go ahead and talk about that but uh, yeah sure but oh no i was just gonna say um the beginnings of ufc when they started to do that that's why ufc looks like it is now that's why they all train the same because that was the big thing with the ultimate fighting championships is you'd have a boxer versus a grappler oh, yeah right and the grappler would kick the boxer's butt every time because like you said as soon as the the boxer would hit the ground that was it yeah, they had they had no ground training. Um, Dan Severn, Ken so. Shamrock, um, you know, of pro wrestling fame as well. You know, oh, oh yeah, uh, Tank <laughs> Abbott, also <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Brock Lesnar, but yeah, yeah. Later on, but uh, but I, you know, I'm talking the early early days of it before everybody started training the same way. Yeah, you know, they didn't train. You know, the, the boxers didn't train for anything else. Um, you just trained one way and that was it yeah so like anybody that didn't train to 
do anything on the ground was done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as really. As soon as they hit the ground, they were done. Yeah. Yeah, now they all Unless train they for MMA. Training. Right. You know? Yeah. So now <laughs> now it all kind of looks like looks the same. Yeah. If you go back to those early ones, you you could see the different disciplines and uh and everything coming Just like play. wrestling, a lot of the fighters look the same too, you know. Like right. that 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 niche, all that flavor is gone, but that's a MMA discussion. <laughs> but going back yeah. to uh, Judo Gene LaBelle, another uh, famous wrestler with the name Gene. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. He won with a sweeping hip throw. Uh, basically, <laughs> that's what they call it in wrestling. And, you know, just a standard, like, judo hip toss. But he So what, were, what he, was the rules? Did he have to pin him or just if he got him on the ground or, or what? It was, you know? it was knockout submission. So he gave him that move and it knocked, knocked him out? Yeah, or? but he choked him out after that. Oh, okay. So he he gives he gives him the hip toss, slams him down. Okay. <laughs> puts him in a chokehold and That's referee it. stopped it. Okay. Yeah. Judo Gene LaBelle, he's really a big name. He was uh if you like listen to Ronda Rousey any I don't, but he used to be a corner man, uh, you know, taught Ronda Rousey because she was a famous, you know, world class judo player too. Right. So yeah. LaBelle's been all over. He's been in Hollywood. He's been in like 300 movies, commercials. Oh, yeah. He used to always be in the – back when we would buy the wrestling magazines back in the 80s, he's always, he'd always have ads for his yeah. like uh, self-defense videos or yeah. or whatever. Yeah, um, interesting story, that guy. Yeah. He, he was definitely. in Rocky Two, Raging Bull. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> also, yeah. Sandy Barr was on that card. It was a pro wrestling card, and that's kind of why it's getting – Okay. Brought up. Like Gene LaBelle wasn't a big time pro wrestler, you know, yeah. but he would, you know, his main deal was the, was the fighting arts, but he did wrestle. He probably, I mean, he wrestled a lot. Is that, now is that out there on, on YouTube? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yep. You can find that All one. Right. That one's been out there forever. Okay. Hey, I, off the top of my head, I don't think I've ever seen it, but um, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Uh, now, this, uh, the next one that I want to talk about is, um, again, not necessarily a shoot. Uh, and I'm talking about the mass transit incident. <laughs> uh, if anybody doesn't know the story, um, apparently Bubba Ray Dudley in like the early uh, days of, of ECW – I don't know if he, for whatever reason, he wasn't on a show. So it was supposed to be the Dudleys against the Gangsters. Um, so New Jack and who was the New other Jack guy? And Mustafa. Yeah, Mustafa. So Mustafa uh, Saeed. Yeah. So there's this there's this kid who had been kind of wrestling on the independence. He was doing a Ralph Cramden uh, bus driver type gimmick. He was he was a big dude, but he was only 17 years old. Um, he lied about his age. And, Who's Ralph Cramden? What? Uh, from the Honeymooners. It was uh, Jackie Gleason's oh, character. Okay. Okay. Jackie, oh, who okay. was a, a bus driver. Yeah. So basically, right basically, yeah. Basically, that's what that was his gimmick. He was huh. uh, he was supposed to be like a fat bus driver, and uh, but anyway, he was called Mass Transit. Um, his dad actually lied about his age for him and his experience for him to get him on the show. <laughs> Uh, so I, I did, nice parenting. So I just, so I, I did recently rewatch this one. Um, new Jack comes in, does all his typical new Jack stuff. 
basically Mustafa Saeed is just keeping uh, Devon Dudley out of the ring the whole time. So New Jack is just hitting this kid with all this stuff. Well, obviously in a ECW match, they they want this kid to get color. I don't know if he asked to get color. He did. Or, he asked New Jack too. Uh, well, no, I I know, but I don't know if they told him that he was going to get color or or whatever. But he he did he had never cut himself. Yeah. Is what it was. So he asked New Jack to cut him for him, <laughs> and New Jack gigged the shit out of him, and uh, and then you know the. So the kid is like bleeding. You can hear the kid like scream, like when he cuts him, and he cut him deep. I mean, he's oh, like, so he saw the, the blood, he probably freaked out. Yeah, I think because the blood like immediately started flowing out of his head. Like there, there's a shot of him like laying there with the EMTs coming in at 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 the end of the match, and it's just flowing out of his head. You think they gave him aspirin but, beforehand? <laughs> I, I doubt it, but um, but e- e- either way. Uh, this ended up being a, well, you can hear the dad on the outside. I am thinking, yeah, I I'm thinking the that. video, uh, recording is from the dad and he starts saying, no, leave him alone. He's only 17. <laughs> like, well, you just lied for him and said he yeah. was old enough. And, uh, so then the, the reports later are that the kid loved it. The, yeah. the, the kid had the time of his life. Uh, but you know, I think they did end up suing and they, they ended up losing, uh, the case. I think it might've even been on the people's court. Oh really? Uh, yeah, if I remember correctly. No, I have to look that up. But that was one they they lost the case because he asked New Jack to get blood for him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and that was the one that the kid was, and, and they lied about his age. Yeah, and his experience. And then when he went in the back, he was smoking cigarettes in the locker room and kind of wanting to do all this stuff in a match. And in wrestling, there's kind of like a code. You know, I'll mention that word again. Where if you're a rookie, you just kind of it's kind of like going to any new job, you know, you graduate college or you're in high school and you go to a job, you shut your mouth and listen, kind of do what you're told. Right. And this kid wasn't like that. So that's kind of, yeah. Well, he was living his gimmick. Yeah. Big loud mouth fat dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, that, that was that one. Not, not really a shoot match. I mean, he went along with everything, Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but definitely, he probably shouldn't have got definitely cut that a, bad. No, definitely New Jack's a gig known for New Jack's part taking right. liberties. You know exactly. Hmm. All right, what do you got? I didn't have that one written down. Well, let's stay with New Jack. Why don't we make this a little New Jack block here? Uh, Gypsy Joe versus New Jack. Okay. <laughs> now, for people who haven't heard of Gypsy Joe, he's an old time wrestler. He's been wrestling since the fifties. He just passed. I don't know if. Uh, but a couple it, years ago. Yeah, five years but, ago, but he was maybe. pretty much wrestling all the way up until then. Yeah, he wrestled until he was, I think he died when he was 77, and he was wrestling all the way up until uh, he died. Yeah. He was famous in Japan. Um, in the 50s, he was really big in the Midwest when there were different territories. So uh, New Jack has his match with Gypsy Joe, and Gypsy Joe's gimmick, you know, his style was he really didn't sell anything. Yeah. As... Late, you know, he sold early on. You can see him in Memphis matches. I've seen him where, where he's doing some selling, but he was legitimately just tough as nails. Yeah. I mean, he would tell people to kind of like a Johnny Valentine, Greg the Hammer Valentine's dad, to just nail him. Mm-hmm. But it, it didn't phase him. So he goes into this match with New Jack and is doing the Gypsy Joe stuff. New Jack is hitting him, and he's not – 
you know, selling it, registering it, like whipping his head all around and flopping all over the place like everybody else does. So, and he's telling New Jack to hit him. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, they're fighting outside of the ring, and it was short. There wasn't much to it. Yeah. It's kind of boring to watch just because yeah. Gypsy Joe is just taking all this punishment. Yeah. And he headbutt New Jack, like, right. Right. <laughs> right in the nose. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if that was on purpose or not. But anyway, New Jack winds up taking a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire <laughs> and starts going to town on Gypsy Joe. Yeah. You know, and Gypsy Joe's laying there on the outside. The crowd's all stunned, you know, because it was real. It was legit. But it was a worked legit. I put that in a in a work shoot category. I do too. And I was going to say the same thing because this is another one that, that everyone was always talking about and how disgusting it was or whatever. And one first time I watched it, I was like, I was like, this is this is a work. Yeah. Uh, I, I I mean, like like you said, he probably I, I'm sure they were both laying in the shots to each other. Uh, but that like you said, that's just how Gypsy Joe was. That's how New Jack was. Yeah. I didn't think it was anything out of the ordinary from a regular New Jack match. Besides, <laughs> it was the old Gypsy Joe that made it look bad. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> interviews with. Uh, well, I have one with with Gypsy Joe. Okay. And he said. You know, his, he's like, I don't know why people make a big deal about it. It's nice that they do. Yeah. You know, gets my name back out there. Right. So he made bookings, you know, he got extra bookings (laughs) because of this. Oh, but he's like, wasn't a big deal. That's, that's how I roll. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's another one. Um, if anybody's unfamiliar with that one, check that one out. Um, make up your own mind about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, the next one I want to talk about is definitely a shoot, um, and it got uh, one of the guys some pretty major heat. It kind of derailed his his push if he was getting any sort of push at the time, and that is uh, Mad Dog Mike Bell versus Perry Saturn in WWFE. Um, <clears throat> uh, Mike Bell, actually... Uh, know was was kind of a a long time prelim guy uh was pretty decent uh for whatever reason in this match they botched a couple spots and i'm not even blaming him but uh but uh saturn (laughs) took it personal (laughs) and uh chucked him out out of the ring (laughs) and he kind of like landed on his head um and I believe Mike Bell later on said that that was his own fault, the mm-hmm. way that he came out. Uh, but Saturn did rough. I, I didn't know, but I, just from watching okay. the match, I could yeah. tell it was his fault. Yeah. But Saturn did kind of rough him up a little bit and uh, and end up beating him. And um, and I, I can't remember, like, what uh, – I, I know as soon as he got back, like, Vince got on him and was like, you know, what the hell was that or whatever. Um, but uh, – uh, Anyway, um, like like I said, that kind of derailed Saturn's uh, push. Not that he was getting a huge push anyway, but um, you know, it, it at least got him some heat in uh, WWE for a while. <laughs> so I put this in the. I don't think it was that much of a shoot, like because I'm watching this thing. I'd never seen that before. Okay, and so I'm watching this. 
Here, here's the how the events transpired according to, you know, the brace beamer logic here. Saturn thinks he's getting a hip toss, and this bell guy goes for an arm drag. Yes. So Saturn flips over, and you know what was supposedly, and it's hard to tell with the camera angle, but supposedly Mike Bell throws Saturn on his head. Right. Which he didn't throw him on his head. Saturn was the one doing all the work. Flipped over, and it looked like he just did a roll. Right. Didn't look like he fell on his head or and maybe he did. Maybe he hit yeah. the back of his head. Right. So <laughs> Saturn hits him with a couple kicks that looked work to me. I couldn't find anything in the kicks that looked like they were legit. He throws a couple indie wrist forearms to his back like that. They look just like any other forearm to me. <laughs> right. It really, it was on the back of his shoulder. And then he throws him out of the ring. And when he threw him out of the ring, he only had his hand on the back of his... He threw him out the proper way. Yeah. He didn't chuck him out. He just right. let him out. Yeah. And, and like, guy, like I said, Mike Bell, I believe, took, took the heat yeah. for that later and, and, and said it was his own fault. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, you could tell Saturn gets frustrated. So whether, oh, yeah. whether, he's, whether he's delivering full force on the kicks and the punches or the forearms, whatever they may be, he, he mm-hmm. was still... He was still upset before he threw him out of the ring. Well, it, it, it looked like he was, I did a little more research on this. I like watched like Saturn interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, he's like, I was just throwing him out of the ring to get my wits back right. about me. Cause and I got, I got thing. bumped in the head, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I don't think it was as much of a, as much of a shoot as advertised. I don't, I mean, he got, he got bumped. And the other guy took a bad spill. And I think that was like, to me, that was the extent of it. Yeah. You know, and then he went and he rammed him into the steel barricade, which looked like they all look, well, you yeah. really have to well, do yeah, it. I don't you know? think that that was part, yeah. part of it. I, you know, I think, I think Saturn had probably cooled down at that point. <laughs> well, what I saw, it didn't even, they didn't even show the finish of the match. Oh, they didn't? No. Mm-mm. But I, I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even think Saturn was mad. Yeah, you could tell he was frustrated. I mean, after I because he botched it twice, didn't he? It was like it was more than the one botch. I think it was. I remember. I, I think it was just the one. Okay, I'd have to watch it again, but I thought it was more than one botch, and then then he just kind of jumped up and started like, you know, <laughs> going going after him. But like like I said, I'd have to watch it again. Um, yeah, I mean, there's like a little there's some legitimacy in there, but I think it's more like make making a you know mountain out of a molehill on that one. Okay. Um, now here's one that I forgot until just now. <laughs> uh, real quick, part of the uh, well, it was one of the ECW one night stands, and it was <laughs> JBL yeah. and the Blue Meanie. Do you have that one? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and and basically it had all the guys in the ring. Um, JBL like specifically sought out Blue Meanie. Started laying in some real punches, busted his face open. That was pretty much it. Yeah. But uh, but that stemmed from what? What did that heat stem from again? Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, Blue Meanie when he was signed by the WWF. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was late. They were they were on a little tour in the Northeast, and so he signs with the WWE WWF at the time, and the booking office sends him a plane ticket, and it was a first class seat. 
Oh yeah, okay. I remember so this he now. doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he's going on the plane and he's sitting in first now. class. And in wrestling, it's a big deal. Not everybody was flying first class. You know that was saved for the veterans, the big money guys. So all the people that have been there a while are walking by him, and he's sitting in first class. You know, that was like one of the things. And because he's talking about it, he said like Mick Foley, Mankind, whoever, you know, was kind of prodding him about it, Uh you know, and he was wondering if he was going to get in trouble, you know, and Uh then, and then later, I think that was like his, his first stint and then he left and then he came back. If I'm remembering that right. I don't remember, you know, so when he, yeah, that was because when he left on the internet, he said the working in the WWF was great, except for uh, JBL, John Bradshaw Layfield was a bully. Okay. And that was it. Okay. So when he came back in to do this ECW thing and they had that battle Royal. Yeah. There were so many people in that ring. Yeah. He had worked the Sandman like the night before. Okay. Or a couple days before Mm. and Sandman split him open. It was like in the back of his head. Oh yeah. And he had to get staples. Okay. Yeah. So, When, when they get in this battle royal, like Layfield just goes right after him, busting him open again. Yeah, you know, so that he's he's bleeding all over the place, and that that was kind of it. I mean, there was a skirmish, you know, like Smothers went after JBL. That'd be yeah, a fight right. I'd like to see. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Tracy Smothers right. against John Bradshaw Layfield. That'd right. have been a good one. That would be. That would be. Yeah, and then they buried the hatchet later, and they yeah, kind they, of explained they everything. Let, yeah, they actually let and and in the ring they actually let. Blue Meanie get a victory over JBL. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. That was the one with the Richards chair shot that everybody thought was like all real. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I mean, it was snug, stiff, but. Yeah, because uh, Blue Meanie goes to the back and John Laronitis is there and he's like, he's like, what's that? We don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, JBL just shot at me. <laughs> so he's like, oh, really? Well, we don't do that here either. <laughs> We're going to have to take care of that. Where's my skateboard? <laughs> Johnny Ace. Road Warrior <laughs> Animals brother. That's right. Also the Terminator's brother in Mid-South UWF. Yep. UWF is getting a lot of plugs on this one. <laughs> they are. Every every UWF there was has gotten a plug. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, hmm. we're, we're running a little bit long time, but um, like, give me another one. Okay, how about Bruiser Brody versus Lex Luger? That'll, that'll be a good one because a lot of people know who, especially Luger, you know? Yeah. A lot of people knows who knows Lex Luger. You know? Yes. <laughs> this was in January 1987 in Florida, championship wrestling from Florida. This was at the dying days of the uh, territory system. Florida was still hanging on. Lex Luger was brought in, former USFL football player, um, chiseled like, you know, like a like a Greek god. <laughs> And he was getting a push, meaning they were going to strap the rocket to his butt and try and make some money with him. Yeah. And he had a match against Bruiser Brody, one of your all-time favorites. Even had a T-shirt yeah. on him a couple shows ago. I did. <laughs> so they get into the cage match. Uh, Bill Alfonso's the referee. And for whatever reason, Bruiser Brody decides not to sell <laughs> or register any of the moves, holds, strikes punishment that Luger was dishing out. Right. And the match goes on. It wasn't that long, maybe like a seven minute match. Maybe if that, uh, yeah, probably something like that. And Luger was trying to work 
you know, if they were supposed to come back and have, you know, they were supposed to have a series of three matches with a blow off to try and get some money. Yeah. So, you know, Brody is no selling this. Yes. Luger would punch, would try anything. And Brody is just like standing there. Yes. And from what I, nobody knows why anybody that <laughs> has ever been close to Brody that I've heard, like has no idea why Luger doesn't know why. Right. And then, so finally Luger's just like, in leaves he probably he probably couldn't have beat brody up in real life you know right, right. so he just leaves climbs over the top of the cage and leaves because yeah. what was he gonna do sit there and make himself look like an right idiot even more right. you know yeah so i don't know what the deal was brody uh, was definitely in the wrong on that one so yeah definitely you and, know? and and you know that wasn't the only time he was in the wrong but yeah. uh the the one of the stories that i heard from somebody at some point was that Luger was afraid of Brody. Um, Probably a lot of guys were got, young yeah, in the business right, like that, you know? Right. So, so <laughs> somebody stooged Luger and went to Brody, uh, you know, and, and I think put him up to it as a rib or, or at least let him know that, that Luger was afraid of him. Hmm. Um, so I don't know if it was just if it was just him messing with Luger. Well, if he's messing with Luger, he's costing a lot of people a lot of money. Oh, no, not, I, you know. no I, I agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it's right yeah. by any means. I think it's hilarious <laughs> because I never liked Luger, and it's hilarious watching him do those punches over and over and over and not knowing what to do. But, um, <laughs> but either way, yeah. And then, you know, uh, somebody's story, I think it was Luger's story, said that he, uh, well, most of the stories are that Luger hightailed it out of there. Because he didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Out of the ring, yeah. Like after a while. No, somebody no, most of the stories are he left the arena. Oh. Like like got out of the arena too. He well he's probably pissed. I, I don't know if he was around long enough to be pissed. I, he was probably just more confused than anything. Hmm. Uh but I believe Luger says that he went to Brody's locker room after and Brody was just like, uh, sorry, brother, I just wasn't feeling it. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably true. So, you know, who knows? There's so many different stories uh, about there. Unfortunately, we can't get shoot interviews from Bruiser Brody anymore, although there are some out there. Uh, But, you know, it was he wasn't talking about this incident. Um, But uh, yeah, I feel bad for Luger because that was, you know, I feel bad for everybody that was there, really. But anyway, I mean, but again, that's not technically a shoot uh it was more of just a i uh, just a bizarre situation <laughs> really yeah but uh but but <laughs> but it didn't go the way it was supposed to go so so yeah um uh now the very first i want to say it was the very first day that i was ever on the pile driver radio show i remember sitting in in, in one of the rooms, and we're, we're talking about the previous night's uh, Nitro and Raw. And <laughs> I mentioned to Rock Action that he, or he, he brought up Goldberg yeah. and, and how great Goldberg looked in his match against William Regal or Steve Regal at the time. And I was like, no, there was something wrong with that. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that match there, did not go as planned. There was, there was something to that. I was like, Regal looked like he was not wanting to, to lose or, or whatever. Um, again, both of these guys now say that it wasn't a shoot. Um, and, and it wasn't a shoot. No. Uh, 
Regal was snug, um, but you it know, had to be. But they have the different right. I mean, they have Regal saying that he was told to do one thing, Goldberg saying that he was told to do something else. Um, you know, Regal was told by somebody, and it sounds like WCW was such a mess backstage. You didn't know who was who was in charge. I mean. I mean, you knew ultimately who was in charge, but there was so many other cooks involved. So who knows? You know, somebody could have told Regal one thing. Goldberg gets a different story and what, what's supposed to happen. Um, you know, Regal was saying that he was supposed to have a competitive match with Goldberg. Yeah, that's what I heard. Because they were doing that around, you know, on house shows. Yeah. Bischoff or somebody saying that Goldberg was just supposed to do his normal squash. Uh, so... <laughs> So anyway, um, yeah, the, you know, R- Regal just says that he was trying to make it competitive. I don't think there's any animosity there anymore. Uh, the story is that 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 Goldberg walked back and immediately got fired by Bischoff. That is not true either. Yeah. Regal was around for a couple more months before he got let go. I, I think probably like five or six months before he. Yeah, finally but let I don't go. think that had anything but, to do with it. No, know? it di- it didn't. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. the 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 story is that. You know, it's gotten way blown, blown out of proportion that as soon as he walked back there, he got fired. Yeah. That's not the case at all. He was around for months after that. But uh, <laughs> anyway, this, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, this looked like this looked like us teaching a newbie. Yeah. You know? And that's probably exactly what it was. Yeah. I mean, it was nothing more than Regal having to get a match out of Goldberg, who wasn't in no fault of his own, you know, who wasn't used to having a legit or a full, you know, five-minute wrestling match. Right. So if, if Goldberg thinks that it's him, his time to start going on the offense, he doesn't know timing. He doesn't know how to do a match, so Regal would have to put him back down. <laughs> it, happens, right. it happens all the time. It just normally doesn't happen on live television in front of that many people because exactly. normally somebody like Goldberg isn't in the ring yet. On live TV, True. so you True. you see that a lot at house shows, indie shows, all over. You you see matches like that all the time. Yeah, you know. Yep, and that's exactly. all it was. Yeah. All right, uh, we got to wrap it up. Um, thank you for your expert analysis, as always, Brace Beamer. Pleasure being here, Mad Dog. Great job as usual. Thank you, uh, everybody. Remember to check out. MWO slamming Saturday night coming up here on Orion ON TV on June 8th. I got it right that time. Yes, you did. June 8th. <laughs> 605 uh, bell time. Yeah, 605. Um, I will be hosting a doghouse segment, so you can check me out as well. And um, keep checking the Butch Blood page for future shows and take care tell your friends tell your neighbors tell your mom tell your dad tell anybody uh (laughs) wrestling tonight (laughs) wrestling tonight podcast is is getting big and also uh saturday june 8th mwo here at the uh on tv studio exactly have a good day everyone yeah yeah